0: everybody. I um heard the music, but I kept eating my sandwich anyways and then my mouth's full. It's ridiculous. I thought mm. okay. Craziness. <clears throat> anyways. Good evening everybody. Oh you had a um peanut butter. It absolutely is peanut butter and that made it so much better, right? <sighs> I suck the room for my mouth. Mm. Anyway. Um I think my podcast is I think my volume is a little low because it's weird. I have a weird kind of weird thing on here. Um yeah, that's better. Okay. Uh so <clears throat> we were talking about uh we were talking a lot lately about um uh writing communities and, and alpha readers and read blah 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 blah. Alpha readers and um, beta readers and um, how to be helpful to other writers and um, seeking help from other people and how that can be difficult, all that stuff. So we're going to just do a a full podcast on it and talk about that stuff. Man, I would love some M&Ms. All y'all, cruel tarts eating M&Ms in front of me. And you have chocolate cake? Like coffee cake. Coffee cake. Coffee cake. Not chocolate cake. I had chocolate earlier. I love. I'm not limiting myself. Cinnamon and brown sugar and yummy. yummy. Yeah, and the funny thing is I got it at Starbucks. If you haven't had a Starbucks coffee cake, it's ridiculous, okay? It's insanely good. I have, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really good. But I, I went to Starbucks to pick up, because um, they were seeing my cousins a few days ago, and I went to Starbucks, I picked up an order for everybody, and everybody wanted pastries, and everybody wanted at least one drink, Some people wanted two drinks. So I have this enormous order, and um, I wrote it down and handed it to them. Cruel, cruel just that's <laughs> just Cruel. <laughs> um, I eat peanut M and M's with popcorn, so I do it anyway. So they asked me, you know, they they did the because they always use my name. They said, "Hey, Julie, do you want do you want us to leave the the pastries in the in the plastic?" And I was like, "Okay, sure." Now it is not uncommon for me to um, forget that I've gotten a pastry and just leave it, and then it gets stale, and I find it three days later. It's it's tragic, but. Because they put it in the bag, which I bought it three days ago, and I just found it right before the podcast. Left and I went, it in the sealed plastic. <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly fresh. So if you're an absent-minded eater the way I am sometimes, ask Starbucks to leave your pastry in the plastic. They will. So that was a nice little surprise. I was like, oh, I've got a coffee cake. Look at that. Yay. But I do, I really enjoy their coffee cake. It's really good. So is their banana bread. Oh, um, yeah, it's insane. And that lemonade. Uh, their banana oh, bread. My God. Oh, it's so good. It's so moist. For those of you who hate that word, it is moist and delicate. It's moist. It's got a great crumb. It's very good in your mouth. It's excellent. It's got a great mouthfeel. Now, I talk, My sister and I had to talk about the word moist because I'm not a fan of the word. She likes it. She's fine with it. I said, but there are there are circumstances when a synonym will not do. Like, you wouldn't want to say that you had damp cake. You want to say that you have moist right. cake. <laughs> it pretty That's much right. all that will do. You can't just apply any synonym in, in, in any circumstance. So, you know, the quirks of the English language is sometimes you can use a synonym freely and sometimes you cannot. Damp. Damp. I left a snarky note on the um, Just Right server last night about not offering bad craft advice. Um, For those of you who know me pretty well, I can be an asshole, and um, I tend to be snarked like my, my default. But don't take it personally. Because if I got a problem with you personally i'm gonna i I'm gonna message you personally. <laughs> I will be off your grill privately. <laughs> so just assume yeah, that yeah. I'm doing it in public. It is a general fuck you to everybody and not personally to you. I mean you're included, but it's not personal. <laughs> <laughs> everybody got double birded. Just let's all move on. Just stop, just stop. But, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that because we do have a mixture of people in um, our community, we have um, a lot of writers who are looking to improve themselves. And um, being glib about craft advice can take somebody down a really terrible path in their craft, and so we don't want to encourage that kind of thing. And fandom is very, what's that French word? That, that French phrase about whatever it's like um, how they're blase like, about stuff. Yeah. Like, say love you. No, you're not thinking say love you. No. About, um, well, blase, I believe, is French too. Yeah, but there's another other term. Anyway, what it is, they just, they're just do, do what you want. It's fine. It's just fan fiction. It's just fandom. And they don't take it very seriously. But uh, I take my craft very seriously no matter what I'm doing. And yeah um Well there are things I, I do talk about it, that I before. find it offensive when people don't. <laughs> and there's that terrible it, oh, There's a terrible place in Facebook. Um that has contentions but often things go terribly wrong there and they they, they give oh. terrible, 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 terrible riding advice. Um like they're literally burying bodies in their basement. <laughs> <laughs> which is what I said last night on, on Just Right. Uh, it's, uh, now, it, you know, the thing is, the, the group, the group that shall not be named, they're like our group of mort. Um <laughs> Our group <mort. laughs> They Like one time somebody asked, um, yeah, that's it, Susan, fair. faire um, I have to assume that's what you meant, laissez-faire. But anyway, yeah, um, that, that's what I meant. I just could not get it. It was on the tip of my tongue the whole time I was talking about it. It was just not coming out. <clears throat> Thank you, Susan. Um, so there was, there was somebody one time, they put up this scenario, and they said, you know, they, they laid out this scenario they were considering for their story. And I have to, it, it was ridiculous, okay? And they asked, is this improbable? And to which I responded, just yes. I was one of the first responders, and I just said, yes, it's improbable. And man, I got dog on for answering that question. Yes, it's improbable. With all of the reasons why it was okay to go ahead and do that, I said he didn't ask me it was okay to write it. He asked me if it was improbable, and it is. It's absurd. It's absurd. Um. <laughs> so anyway. <clears throat> and i can't even get to, can't even tell you what the absurd scenario is because it it, it would probably be a, a big tell but anyway i don't want to call anybody out <laughs> but it it was it was, a, it was a ridiculous premise on the face of it you know it's sort of like um be, it it's to the level of absurdity of asking if you know if canon events would change if hogwarts is on the moon instead it it was that level of ridiculous and all my answer was was absolutely it is absurd as of, you know. Which if it had been the Hogwarts thing, I'd have been absolutely things would be different. Um, and yet people were like, you know, you can't tell him not to do that. I, I didn't tell him not to do it. He asked if it was plausible, and no, it's not. And that's the business mentality in that group that you should be able to do anything you want, however you want. And I will. I we've talked about it before. There are things I do in fan fiction that I would never turn into a publisher ever but I know I'm doing them and I know they're not right or not so much not right, but they're not ideal craft. It has a lot to do with work. For me, it has a lot to do with word economics. Sometimes I put in too many points of view in my stories. Um, You know, I do a lot of vanity writing in, in fan fiction that I wouldn't do um, if I were turning it in for a, to a publisher. But I know when I'm putting in a scene that I'm just doing because I like it, that it doesn't serve my story. I know I'm doing it. So, this is like that old that, that kind of adage, you know, you gotta you gotta know the rules to break the rules kind of thing. Uh, and maybe that's maybe that's obnoxious to say. Um, um. But it's it's true. The more you if but if you know what the rules are, you can break them deliberately and break them with consideration. Um, and I think a lot of people struggle with in fandom is they. They did, didn't take some you know, creative writing basics classes. They didn't, they didn't ever learn a lot of the basics besides maybe tense and um, some very fundamental POV stuff like um, first and third person. And, and so they get into writing, and if they start in fan fiction, you've got this entire enormous community telling you to do whatever you want. Write a one-sided con- phone conversation from your POV character. Go ahead make a 30,000-word chapter and a 1,000-word chapter in the same story. That's fine. And they're telling people this like that is actually good craft as opposed to this is fandom, we do whatever the fuck we want even though no publisher would ever touch it with a 10-foot pole because that's wordy and it doesn't fit well on the T-shirt. Are you eating peanut butter? I am. I, I, I had it's a sugar theater. problem before the podcast started, so I have, I'm just trying to keep my sugar up, so I end up slowing my words and being a moron on, on the air. So I was, and I was talking to somebody about two weeks ago who some who had been told, and they learned this in fandom, that you didn't need to put quote marks around dialogue from characters who were not physically present. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> if, 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 I don't care if they're in the room or not. If they're speaking, if it's spoken, I don't care if it's on a recording. I don't care if it's on the phone. I don't care if it's overheard. It doesn't matter. If they're speaking, you put fucking quote marks around it. And like, no, that's not what I was told in this group. And I was like, you know, if it's a fandom group, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear it. I just don't want to hear it. Um, when you see something grossly inaccurate like that, You have two choices. You can walk away from it and ignore it. You can gather up a whole bunch of links and post them in succession on the thread to prove how wrong they are. The choice is yours. I usually walk away. (laughs) Because I have done my time explaining shit to people. And I'm not interested in explaining things to people who don't want to learn. And that's the truth, um, if I wanted to- you know bang my head against the wall, talking to people, explaining things to people who aren't receptive to learning, I would go do a lot of political stuff quite frankly, but
1: well, well I would I was probably do
0: telepathy be italics, I would still put it in quotes if someone is yeah, sending do- you words. I would still do quotes, and I would not do single quotes. Um, I never do single quotes under any circumstances. except Well, yeah, it's not true. Like, sometimes in the middle of something, when someone's making a sentence, and, you know, like they're doing, like, air quotes when they're talking, I might do a single quote around their air quote, you know? Yeah. When they're being an asshole. (laughs) But as a rule, yeah. Nested quotes and dialogue, it has to be a single quote. But you don't do a lot of nested quotes.
1: Not no, I that know. I've ever
0: noticed. But no, I know you not, know how to I, do I them I, I have seen you do it before. So I know you know how. I, I find it aesthetically displeasing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but, you know, when it comes, it, and honestly when it comes, this is a style guide thing. When it comes to telepathic speech, your publisher may have something in their style guide for how they want it done. Um, But it's more important that you be uh, consistent and that it be obvious what you're doing. Um, Just italicized words, believe me, it's not obvious what's going on there. Especially since there's no convention about what just italicized words mean. So, like... Well, for instance, in, in in my Harry Potter trick, when, when Harry is speaking parcel tongue, I tend to put it in italics and bold to make it stand out in the narrative so that it's obvious that he's not um, speaking in a regular voice.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't do it in um, my first books that I, that I hadn't been a parcel mouth in, and I wanted to go back and correct that on my side because it drives me nuts. Cause I, cause I just think it's a better way. Of um so I don't like that habit of fandom that has of putting a parcel tongue uh uh language in like with funky symbols around it instead of quote marks because dialogue belongs in quotes and even if it's in a foreign language, it should be in quotes um and parcel tongue is literally a foreign language basically i mean it's a you know it's a language of its own, it should be treated like a language and not like. I just find it very annoying when people when people don't use proper quote marks. I see that in fandom a lot for parcel tongue. I just put it I don't know what that symbol I'm actually have to look what that symbol is called. Um, it's called the section sign. People do that put that a lot. It looks like two S's connected. Um, people often yeah, put those yeah, around that. around dialogue. I I don't like I just I just it it feels gimmicky to me, like they don't wanna have to take the time to figure out how to convey that it's parcel tongue. Um but whatever you do, it needs to be readable, it needs to be um, – and a lot of times when, I'm, when people ask me like what would, you, what, what would be the best way to go about this, I'm going to give them an answer as if they were going to be submitting this to a publisher because I'm just not going to dumb down an answer. Because it's fan fiction, and honestly, because I don't, I don't know when people are asking questions if they're working on fan fiction. Um, And then you know, we'll clarify. It's best to assume that they're not. It's best to assume they're treat that that question as seriously as you would any any other question, because um, that's respectful. Right, because I if you submitted, you know. If you submitted, I put an example with colons on the outside. I've seen people do something like that for telepathy or something, or parcel tongue, where you put two colons on either side. You submitted that to a publisher, and they're they're going to circular file that, because they're looking at, do you understand the basics of um, style? And there's nothing in the Chicago Manual of Style or AP Style Guide that says that you should be doing that. Now, if you're doing something completely off the wall that, like, you can't find any reference for, I would just address it straight out with the publisher that, you know, this is what I'm doing and why. Um, And they may ask you to do something different. I need to be prepared for that. We've talked in the past about publishers' expectations and when a book stops becoming just your word baby and becomes their product. And Following their in-house style guide is um, part of that product process that you have to surrender to when you sign a contract, um, because they're a business. And while your writing may be very personal to you, and it may be your word baby, and I have plenty of word babies. Speaking of, my word babies are currently up for um, to win March Madness in the Harmony Company Group on Facebook. So that's pretty fine. I'm competing oh, against wow. myself. Um wow! Competing I'm, against I'm yourself. The final- which- yeah. Which two? <laughs> I made I made the final bracket in two in two different um, houses: Hufflepuff and Slytherin. And they had stories in each of the houses. Um, and so Harry Potter and his soulmate bond is competing against um, courting Hermione Granger. Oh hell. <laughs> <laughs> And I told them, when I, I, I responded because I didn't vote. I think it's weird for me to vote. I didn't, I didn't vote. Um, I have to say that courting Hermione Granger is my worst baby. And I, I fell in love with it. And I cried when I was done. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be done. And I whined to Jilly about being done. <laughs> and I whined to the bitches <laughs> about being done. So I didn't want to be done because I was in love and you know, sometimes you just fall in love with something, and so I'll be happy with either one of them winning. Um, and I'm really, I'm just really honored that they that they chose me. So that's really awesome that they all voted, and I ended up in two different slots competing against myself, which is really weird. Um, so, and I, and I love them both. So I'll be happy either way. But courting Hermione Granger is my word, baby. I think there are probably three stories on my site that really speak to my heart, according to Hermione Granger is one of them. So so Yeah, that's rough, It's those two. <laughs> but I was the I would, other two of the if you're curious, would be um Emotional Clockwork and Lantean Legacy. So <clears throat> okay the um I, of those two i'll just say that i would vote for hermione Granger. according to hermione granger not because i don't love harry potter and soulmate bomb but there's a piece of world building according to hermione granger that i just fell in love with the minute i read it and it always sticks out in my mind and i don't even know if it was the first time that you used it or not but it was the first time i remember seeing it and um, which was the magical marriage oh um It comes up briefly in Phoenix, but Phoenix is not finished. It's on um, uh, Wild Hair, um, because Thaddeus um, Banner and Piper, his wife, have a magical marriage. And so um, it comes up in Phoenix, and it – I have another one, which I has not been posted anywhere, um, where <clears> – <throat> Ron is cheating on Hermione, they're engaged to be married. And the woman that he's cheating on her with curses Hermione. And the only way the curse can be um, negated is she has to, you know, enter into a a really, 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 really magical marriage with a bond so that her wizard can carry the curse for her until it dissipates. Otherwise, it's going to... the the spell that she's been hit with is the origin of the Dementor. Um, it's gonna violate her soul. And um, Harry volunteers. Yeah. Harry volunteers and um and that will be a magical marriage. Yeah, it in dragons I
2: haven't
0: accused anybody have different kind. They have a – in P.J. In legacy, they have a different kind of um, ma- magical marriage. So, yes, um, they entered into a um, um, a really ancient magical marriage to save themselves from the Weasley plotting. <laughs> <laughs> My tribute label was no. full, but, but thank you. I appreciate that, Jasper. <laughs> um, now, of course, I like all of your um, – Harry Potter stories. I like. I love all of them, um, but my favorite of them is the Legacy, because you know I have a deep and abiding love for that damn trope that you introduced me to. Um, but probably, the, But which damn yeah, trope? Her courting, courting her, uh Royal Harry. Oh, Royal Harry! I love that he's a little king. That makes my day. It's so cute. I know. It, 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 and you know, it's, I will admit, it totally speaks to my id, and that's probably why it, I just want to hug it and kiss it. Um, but um, but I do. I love Courtney Hermione Granger. I love the whole plot line. I love their dynamic. I like that you didn't write sex. Even it was. I love the whole thing. It was great. I wrote terrible sex for that story. <laughs> That's no, right. you wrote not you wrote there. sex. You wrote sex that made you deeply uncomfortable, but I doubt it was terrible. you <laughs> did. And I've I talked about it before. But that story was so romantic and, and so soft. And it just, I honestly felt like when I wrote that sex scene that I was violating Hermione's privacy. It, 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 it felt you, deeply... Rude. I was like, this is so rude. This is none of my business. Nobody needs to see this. You need to get out of her bedroom. What is the matter with you? Of your Harry Potter fix, I I want to say that I would be um knocking on Slytherin Black's door, but I really do think it's your snake fix that I'm going to end up having as my favorite, which is crazy, because <laughs> <I hate> <laughs> What's it called? Aaliyah Modo? I, Aaliyah Aaliyah. Modo. Oh, oh Aaliyah Modo. You're right, Aliyamoto. Um, right. Yeah, you know, I um, I actually don't think virginity is important. I think it's a social construct, and um, I think a lot of men put too much, um, or had they have this disgusting um, position that a that a woman um, is made dirty by sex, and um, so. But uh, so when I explore that concept of magical marriage and, and virginity, it's, it's it's not because I consider the I consider virginity some some amazing thing. It's just a concept that I find interesting, um, but I actually prefer a um, um, to to write a female character who is um, who who owns her sexuality and who's really really on it, really knows what she wants and is capable of of asking for it. Yeah, very very sexually. Um, uh, sexually mature, very comfortable in her skin. So yeah, that's that's a comment I prefer to write. So when I write about virginity, it's more about the curiosity of of, of the trope attached to it in Harry Potter than anything else. So, but so I had this really horrific comment once to, um, um, and it was in um, the Harmony group, and I, I was just like, um, I didn't say anything, but. I'll say it now. Um, I was... I am not sure if it was on my post or somebody else's post, but someone said, it was a male reader, he said, I really just wish that um, Hermione um, would just save herself for Harry and and not come back to him um, as a second choice, like he wasn't good enough for the first choice. It was like... That's not the exact wording, but that's uh, that's, that's what the implication was. I'm thinking of myself, dude... That's not what that is at all. Wow. I'm like, like, what? Because, you know what? My choice to have sex before I met husband, my husband, is no reflection on my husband. (laughs) I didn't even know him when I I got laid (laughs) the first time. But Hermione and Harry do have a lot of history. But I was like, that's just not, that's not how women think. No. no, but it's just ridiculous to expect that she would, um, <laughs> save <laughs> so herself. I put you in the corner, Jasper. I don't know. There's booze over there. There's no telling what might happen. <laughs> right, right. There, there is, there is booze in the corner. Um, but I don't, you know, it's like, oh, just some men have a very disgusting, um, Position on that kind of thing, and I don't get it. Um, We don't get you, weirdos. No, I mean, there are, there are, but even if Hermione does end up with somebody before Harry like she leaves Hogwarts and she gets her masteries and she meets somebody and they get married or they have a really intense affair and she falls in love and she comes back to London and eventually that relationship had ended and she ends up with Harry it's not because he's a second choice or he's second best or he's what she's settling for it's It's about the evolution and growth of, your, of you as a person, and and everybody you're with as you as you grow up, changes who you are, and it it, it enriches your life. And it's really terrible to say it because it it's insulting to both men. It's like um, either the the first one was a placeholder or the second one is a replacement, and that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in um, in duality, both Harry and Hermione slept with Neville before they slept with anybody else. So yeah, I, I'm willing to go with that. I mean, but realistically, real speaking from, from a realistic, if I were going for complete realism in a fantasy world like Harry Potter, but a you know, realistic outcome is, you know, it'd be perfectly reasonable for Hermione to say, "Okay, Harry, I love you. You're amazing. Get some mind healing. I'm going to go find my parents." We'll be friends. See see where we are in a couple of years. Because 18 years old, they've been through tons of trauma. Is that really a good time? I mean, realistically, for her to be deciding that she's going to, you know, save herself and be with him? I'd be like, that boy needs mind healing for three or four years, and I'm going to go to Australia and get laid. (laughs) I've had a rough time, too, and I'm not up to being anybody's (laughs) emotional support animal right now. (laughs) But yeah, I don't. You know, virginity was just something that I had to get rid of. It, it, it wasn't special. It was just a, a, membrane that was in my way. <laughs> it was in the way of my good time. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't need that anymore. When did you lose your virginity? Well, it happened accidentally when I was about. Based upon this whole hymen, you know, thing that is prized. It happened when I was about eleven. An accident on my bike. That's about that's about when it happened, yeah. So, you know not that I was impaled, don't go there folks, but there was unexpected bleeding and then that never happened again. So by the by the whole broken hymen construct as being some kind of mark of virginity. I lost mine when I was eleven. So there. Wow. Well, suddenly but he the their dick into me for many, many years after that. <laughs> and then I stopped those shenanigans entirely I was like "Nope." <laughs>
1: uh,
0: if you've got a penis that's not detachable I'm not having any of it okay Behind so it. we're talking about some the- yeah, one of the things about moving over to Discord and, and and a little bit a little bit the quantum bang kind of contributed to this too. Um, I think our community is expanding a little bit. Um some of it's Facebook. Some of it is, is various sources. But there are people who signed up from the quantum bank that I never heard of before. i was like, I have no idea who this person is, which is fine. I think it's great because we did advertise I mean, we did publicize it in various places. And we wanted as many people who wanted to participate. But I kind of half expected that the majority of the participants would be people who I either knew through Rough Trade or through Facebook. And that hasn't wound up being the case. And I think that's wonderful because um, it means we're expanding um, – we have somebody in the chat room who who was not come through us came, came to us through Quantum Bang. So, and then we have uh, we moved over to start the Just Write server, and people ask, can we invite other people? Yes, you can invite whoever whoever you want. Um, anybody who wants to come over and write, they're welcome to come um, write with us, and that's expanding our writerly circle. It's making it bigger, and we're meeting new people, and it's great. I've met um, people, and I've gotten to know people that I already knew better through writing with you guys in sprints, and I'm getting to know new people, and it's through both the, this and through um, the quantum bang. And so our circle is getting bigger, and with, that, with, the, with things getting bigger, there's the potential for... Um, the kinds of shenanigans that we want to avoid <laughs> as much as possible. Now, there's a thing of like speaking from where you're at, you know, and sharing where you're at in your experience. And that's a little bit different than giving advice. It's sort of like, well, I, you know, if you say I'm not really sure how to go about this, the way I've always done it is this because it makes sense to me, but there may be a better way. That's kind of sharing your perspective and what you know as opposed to Um, giving someone it's not even really advice it's almost like fandom likes to give people a pass to do things the wrong way or to do things in a way that's not optimal wrong is kind of a funny word but um, there are rules about certain things like hard and fast rules about certain things and some rules are more flexible than others Um, and that's we just want to be careful about as everybody's writing circle is growing that both people are mindful of the fact that you might be encouraging somebody out of ignorance because you didn't know to, to do something in a way that's going to bite them later. Or we also talked briefly the other night about not taking people seriously. And sometimes um, if somebody's trying to work on an aspect of craft, like they're trying to get better about not switching tenses or um, like maybe they want to write from a single point of view – or maybe they want to, um, maybe they want to um, work on their short story, uh, word economics, whatever it is they want to do. If people give them advice that doesn't take them down that path, it doesn't lead them to where they're trying to do, it feels like that their writing goals are not being taken seriously, and that's a very frustrating thing. When you're trying to do something and you're saying, you know, I need to get this story told in 10,000 words because, you know, I really believe it's a 10,000 word story, and people tell you, oh, don't worry about it, just go ahead and leave that scene in, um, it feels like they're not taking your, your your goal and what you're trying to do with your own craft very seriously. Um, and it will keep you demoralizing and make you feel like, they don't really care about you as a person or your work. And, and, you know, and we're, you know, we're on the internet with a bunch of strangers and it can be, you know, there's a false sense of intimacy that gets created when you, when you talk to somebody um, all the time on the internet Um, and it can create, you can, you can end up hurting somebody's feelings when you don't take them seriously because they've invested emotionally in your opinion and you might not even be aware of that. And some people, because we do have we have a fair number of introverts in our group. Um, I think it's uh, probably pretty common for writers to be introverts. Um, so we have a fair number of introverts. We have people who have social anxiety issues. We have people who don't like to have confrontations. Um, so when they're not being taken seriously or when they feel like that their concerns are being treated frivolously, it might shut them down and they might not ask again. So... Um, It's just part of building a supportive community of writers to helping each other improve. Um, That's all I have to say on that subject. Be nice. Because remember, no matter where you go, (laughs) there you are. I mean, you know, and the thing is, if somebody has a question in the group and you, you don't know the answer, but you know somebody who does know the answer, you know, tag them and say, hey, why don't you check out or why don't you contact so-and-so because she's very good at that. Or, um, you know, such-and-such is, has an awesome grasp of Team Wolf Cannon, so you should ask her. Or, you know, just, you know, that kind of thing. And then, But honestly, if something comes up and I don't have the answer and, None of the bitches have the answer. We will Google the shit out of that, and we will find the answer. (laughs) I found the front of a wedding dress Azure was curious about just by a picture of the back of it. I can Google anything. (laughs) She went all in on that. But what I'm saying is is that's that's what it means to be part of a community. And just, you know, just don't be a butt face and take other people seriously and now sometimes taking somebody seriously does mean that it is a giant crack fest because they're looking for that's what they're looking for and so you have to take this is where trying to be a real you know trying to be grounded might not serve right um when Azure is looking for the right produce to put in Bilbo's pouch for the vegetable ninja um, you know grounded questions like well could the pouch really hold that many vegetables is probably not helpful <laughs> so sometimes, there, sometimes there are very yes I agree I agree Lady Holder sometimes there are very cracky discussions when someone is writing a cracky story You know, if I had needed help with Perishable, which I didn't because that kind of thing only happens to me in the middle of the night when all of my bitches are asleep, um, I would, it would have been a very cracky conversation about, like, you know, if I'd come in, if I walked into the, you know, into, you know, figuratively walked into a chat room and said, can anybody think of a reason why Deadpool would send Tony Donozo a bunch of fingers? I would not (laughs) expect anybody to take that conversation very seriously. (laughs) On the face of it. But you still might get good ideas out of it, right? Um, of course, I think yeah, it eventually evolved into a conversation about, well, what if we changed who sent him the fingers? Because if we changed who sent him the fingers, then it definitely changed some motivations. Because what if Hannibal sent Tony some fingers? Ugh. I mean, obviously, it would be because somebody was rude to Tony. <laughs> yeah very that would be and that would have a very ominous feeling to it right right Right, yeah i think hannibal sends a threat and and deadpool sent a gift (laughs) yeah i think she's in fingers although i can say my favorite line in that whole thing was when dead when he said You just sent the fingers. He said, oh, well, he was going to send the whole hand, but you can't fit as much in a flat rate box as you used to. Um, I don't know why that tickled me so much, but there you go. (laughs) But I'm telling you, crack only happens to me when I'm very tired. (laughs) So that's not something I'm usually – and it usually kind of sort of comes out sort of fully formed. But anyway, um, but – Crack discussions do happen a lot. We wind up having really absurd discussions, and it's not uncommon for them to center around Harry Potter or um, the Hobbit um, world with, with magic and all the crazy things you can do. Um, so, you know, if you're, if it, no one's expecting you to stay, you know, serious. If it was taking a question seriously, does not mean being serious. It means. Um, giving the person the help that they're asking for. And if they're asking you to help figure out why Deadpool would send a bunch of fingers to the Homeland Security, I think implicitly they're not asking you to actually be serious. (laughs) To open that box. <laughs> <laughs> I do look at, My I do man. Look at the flat rate boxes a little differently now. Hey, Julie, could you come open this box for me? <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain myself. Just, just open the box. Just
2: open the, open the, the open box. Open the
0: box. Open the box. Anyway, we have, we want to, I, I find I have the best time sitting down and working out issues with people. Um, and sometimes it does get absurd and sometimes it gets, everybody winds up laughing. Um, but I think it's just important to pay attention to what the person is asking for and, and, and help, and help them with what they need help with before it goes, you know, all wackadoodle. We all have the wackadoodle doodle potential in us. We wouldn't hang out if we didn't. True, true. There's the end of the... Yeah, we know. <gasps> N- uh. What? Uh-uh. Girl. There's so much lying going on in the <laughs> chat room right now. So much I lying. Can't <laughs> I can't even. I can't even. Maybe Holly just declared herself to be the normal one. I don't think she could even be friends with us if she was normal. Mm. And you were the one who was giving as vegetable suggestions. Uh, Yeah. And who mentioned durian fruit as the Moab up there? Wasn't me. It it wasn't me. Not that she's wrong. (laughs) And there is nothing normal about aiding and abetting insanity. Okay, I have to ask. If someone just says that durian is yummy, do you have to close your hold your nose closed in order to eat it? <laughs> because it, it – re- well, I mean, I, it might be yummy to me. I can't smell anything now. But the one time I smelled durian fruit, when I had still had a sense of smell, um, it, it reeked. It was terrible. Well, you grew up with it. Okay. I still think I'd have to – it might taste like nothing to me, and there's potential for that because um, – I can't smell it. So, I the one time I saw it in a grocery store, I had to leave. Like no, no, no. I smelled no. it. Uh-uh. I smelled it before I even got the produce, and I'm like, "What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that?" And those assholes actually had a sample cart. That was like, that's why it smells so bad in here. And I'm like, "Nope, I'm done." Oh, I want right. I got my bags out of my cart. I bring my own grocery bag like a, like a good human and I left of course you did because that's what you do when something reeks that's the same thing experience I have when I walked in and they had an overfilled catfish tank in the store one day I was like whoa oh done I cannot There's stand something I need to, to smell catfish oh I have to say mm. I never I, I, I would never wish to not have a sense of smell it's really terrible but there are some things I'm glad I will never have to smell again and catfish is one of them oh Arte, i'm I'm having a moment. You guys are hurting me. You're hurting me. I've never had that. Is it stinky? Yes, it's terribly stinky, okay. Ugh, gross. I think that um, our community has expanded. And um, I was actually really really interesting because when I was assigned my artist, her name wasn't particularly familiar to me. But she was actually very familiar with me and my work. And I'm like, luckily she was coming out of woodwork. (laughs) You build it and they will come. (laughs) We built it and they did. Mhm, And I I I went and looked up your artist. She's very talented. Yeah. So I'm really excited. She has a whole bunch of ideas. One I'm especially excited for. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I have this line in one of my Harry Potter fics. And it's one of the fics where Harry has traveled back in time and, and his give-a-fuck is broken. Um, and he is steadily... Um, making Molly so furious she can't breathe, and he speculates, um, silently, of course, um, what it would take to make her die of a temper tantrum. The Vinnie gives it up as a bad job because she's lived forever, how many years she's lived with the worst temper in Britain, and she's still here, and he's not sure he's capable of making her angry enough to actually die. <laughs> it would be a lot of effort. And then he decides it'd just be easier just to kill her outright than to work that hard.
2: <laughs>
0: so, yeah.
2: I mean, he has I, um, crazy things.
0: The, he refuses to eat her food. He asks, you know, Creature to bring him food in front of Molly. Um just just crazy stuff, yeah, so that would be awesome actually, <laughs> I think if one of her children would kill her if- if one of her children were if one of the children with the children was Guilty of murdering Molly. I think it would be Percy. You think so? Yeah. Ron's lazy and he's coddled. Percy is ambitious. There's a line in Blank Space where Neville is thinking um, that he wasted, you know, time and resources on a manhunt because Percy brought... Jenny in, and that if the ministry wanted to have Molly arrested, that Percy would be the first, Percy would absolutely do it.
2: Oh, yeah. He's ambitious.
0: He, um, he has, uh, aspirations, and I think in a lot of ways, he's deeply embarrassed by his family, and Molly is a source of, um, I mean, she always saw tho sending howlers and she's got a, a temper, and I think that he would kill her um for embarrassing him and make and making his life difficult it would be a, It would be like okay, that's a perfect solution to that problem. The only one I could see hmm. And the funny thing is if the situation was set up correctly I could actually see any of her kids killing her. Yeah. But Percy he not says, choice. because each of each of them is, is well not the the younger the younger two are both the younger two and Percy uh are both very selfish and, and coddled in their way. Percy's even coddled in his way. Um Yeah. Bill, I think, would do it if it would like it, it. was in the interest of like saving magic. I think if it was a matter of duty or something, um, Percy would. Bill would do it. Um, I think the twins would do it if um, they'd be like your covert assassin. Like it's for the good of the. It's for the good of you know whatever. To get your mom out of the way, and they'd be like, okay, we do it. Um, Jenny, I could see if I were writing like a Jenny redemption arc where she just finds out about her mother's shenanigans and stuff, I could see her poisoning her mother. Um, Ron, if his mother was getting in the way of his aspirations in some fashion, I could see him doing it. Charlie's the hardest one for me to conceive of a setup where he would kill his mother. If I needed Charlie to kill, kill her, I would probably have to go for help. Like, I need somebody to advise me. let see. Why would Charlie kill his mom? Oh. Because she ruined something for him. Like, um, if, say, for instance, she interfered, like maybe he was invited to um, try out with a bunch of Quidditch teams and he hid, and she hid the letters and he finds them years later and he kills her in a, in a fit wow because he's so furious because she kept him from doing something because she thought it would make him stay at home but I think it would have to be for Charlie it would have to be because his go-to was not to argue with her just to leave So it would have to be a spur-of-the-moment rage kind of thing. Yeah, a crime of passion. He would just be absolutely furious. So Charlie would be the crime of passion one. Jenny would be... Um, it would be kind of like a redemption kind of thing where she's revenge, getting back at her mother for what her mother's trying to do. Ron would be because his mother was in his way um, from what he thought he deserved. Percy, it would be um, if he thought he was doing the morally upright thing. Uh, Bill, I think, would be the most noble about it. And the twins would be your sneak assassins. She raised seven kids who were all potential killers. There. I think we've just come to the conclusion of. Why would Arthur kill her? I don't know that I would... I don't know. I'd, I'd go there, but... Um, hmm. I think if she killed one of the kids, maybe. Or if you found out that she was dosing all of their children, that would do it. Midlife crisis. <laughs> <clears throat> but, I, you know, back to the, the point of the podcast, um, we... We we are getting bigger, and when, when, when big communities um, happen in fandom and on the Internet, a lot of different personalities end up in the same place, and sometimes that can lead to um, situations that um, get angry and hurtful. So um, it's, like, not something that we want to happen, so... If you get into a situation where you feel like you're going to lash out at somebody else, just 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 back away from the conversation and report what happened to a mod, um, and let us deal with it. And if a mod gets out of hand with you, let it, let us deal with it, because you know. In, If someone bullies you or mistreats you or, or talks terrible to you, just just let us know. Take a screenshot, send it to us, and let us deal with it. I do think if she burned down his shed while well, he might not kill her, I think he would definitely turn her over his knee in an unfun way. <laughs> That's an unfun spanking. Most often or not, I kind of see Percy as Molly's conspirator, like co-conspirator, um, but I could see instances where he would kill her to get ahead. Like if he outgrows yeah. her plan and, and and feels like her plan isn't um, doing enough for him. Sorry for the instant boner killer. We all have our moments. I don't think there is a too far from Molly. I think we learned that in Deathly Hallows when she killed Bellatrix Lestrange. Um, Did you? Did anybody else notice that Bellatrix was the only one who got her body destroyed? No, I hadn't picked up on that. Molly just burst out with a curse that literally destroyed Bellatrix's body. In the book, Voldemort even just dropped dead. There was a body. In the movie, there's not apparently a body. Um, They wanted a more dramatic death, but the whole point in the book of the body just being there on the floor is that he didn't deserve a dramatic death, but it was supposed to be a very ordinary moment. Like the fight over the Elder one. I haven't watched the movies. I've only seen Clip Yeah, Bellatrix's body is the only one that essentially explodes in the book. So what the hell did Molly cast at her? And that's when you find out that she's really the most mercenary of all of them. Because even the Death Eaters left bodies behind. I'm just saying. <laughs> did you post right before the podcast? I did. <sighs> uh. <laughs> this is how I find out what she's posting is I'm approving comments. <laughs> I'm not going to prove any more because I don't want to have any more spoilers. (laughs) I've been spoiled now. I know something I shouldn't know. (sighs) She is evil. She's making me feel like I need to. I think it's right. I had resolved. I had resolved that right after the podcast I was going to go right. And now I'm going to skip the first sprint and I'm going to read this chapter. (laughs) It's it's, It's the average chapter length. so It's not going to take you long. Maybe one friend, and then you'll be back on. What's up, Jeep? Um, Jeep's question is probably about the double emails that you're getting, right? We're waiting for an incoming question. Uh, Yeah, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about that um what had, what what had happened was is that the plugin was sending you guys copies of pending comments, and because it is my position on enough trade not to show authors pending comments because then you might see something that will hurt your feelings or piss you off or distract you or make you want to answer a question, I had to remove the content from. The email so you wouldn't get copies of pending comments because I can't make the plugin stop sending you copies of the pending comments. It's really annoying. And I put in a request to the plugin manager or developer for um, an option to not send members pending comments. I'm super annoyed. Um, so in the interim, I had to turn off the um, The ability for the post for the comment content to be in your email, so you're getting duplicate emails because you're getting a notification basically that you have a pending comment, and then you're actually getting a copy of the comment, except you're not because I I pulled the content. Yeah, so you're getting you're getting the notification that the comment came in, and then you're getting another notification when it's approved. So it's but. If you, want, if you want to get your comments in your inbox, what you can do is when you post, go immediately to your post and be the first comment, Put enjoy the part or talk to you soon or whatever. Some, you can even just put a quote. You could put some pithy little thing there. I don't care. And then you click subscribe and you will get, you'll then get a confirmation email in your inbox and then you will get all future approved comments only. But I set that plug up to do it automatically, but it isn't working the way I wanted it to. And I don't know if I'm going to keep that plug-in if they can't fix it because it's really annoying. So, yeah. So, we, I don't – I mean, I when I realized this was happening was um, the people were seeing the comments on the Wild Hair Project before um, they were approved because we had – I'm just going to be straight – we had – someone do a dive bomb um, Wild Hair Project who basically read a ton of stuff and every one of the comments was basically this is great and then a list of things she wanted to see next. And uh, there were like I don't know 20 of them at least. Now you guys deserve that this is great you don't deserve her wish list because fuck that noise. So I did edit all the comments to take out her wish list, but people were still had still seen them, had still seen her damn wish list. So, um, yeah, that's we turn that crap off. So because you know I went through and I, I edited all the comments to take off everything, but and I realized that's how I realized that all of her comments were exactly the same, is because once I took off what she wanted to see next, every single comment was this is great, um, but whatever. So which doesn't mean anything because a lot of people leave the comment, this is great, which is fine. It's a fine comment. It's lovely. It's complimentary. But it was the wish list that was the issue. So um, I wanted you guys to get the this is great part of it because you guys are all great. And uh, then we just canned her, her inappropriate entitlement. I deleted the fuck out of it. She also bombed my site, and then she hit Jilly's. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> shut up. You crazy woman, what are I you doing? Know. Get off my site. I don't actually know what's worse. Someone who sends me a list of things that they would like to see in my fic, or someone who wants to rewrite my fic. Because I had that recently, too. I had someone send me a feedback form telling me they wanted to, um, what's that word? Um you switch it around. Remix. Um, remix. Remix. She wanted to remix one of my Harry Potter fix, and I was like no. Write your own shit. That's the point of fandom. You see something in, fic, in canon you don't like and you do your own fix for it. You don't need to look at my fic and see something you don't like and want to redo it. That That's not how that works. Uh, she got pissy with me in the email too. When well, I responded and said nope. She said I was selfish. And I said, yep, <laughs> because it's my shit. And I think remixes are offensive as fuck, personally. I wouldn't even let one of the bitches re-fix, uh, remix one of my fics, but they're not assholes and they wouldn't ask. Hell No. You turn off that comment thing on Wild Hair, or do we still have it going? It might still be going. What the fuck is it called? There it is. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna deactivate it on Wild Hair because it's just not, it's just not doing what it needs to be doing. <laughs> but I didn't want to deactivate it on Rough Trade because all people won't know they have comments. Um, and I have thought to send out an announcement about it, so it's just really annoying. so you deactivated it yeah on oh, wild hair, yes, but not on rough trade. I'll send okay. out a notification after um after the podcast while you're reading my stuff okay, if you know i was reading i was reading my um i was like i was thinking to myself, which story have I written where uh, my n c i s stories where Tony has his give a fuck the most broken um and um And I realized it was a short that i wrote it was one of my one of the i think it was one of the theme shorts um, i think it i think it was one, i don't remember which thematic it was it is it, it was one of the themat- variations on the theme oh it was revenge um anyway and so i was and i had forgotten that um some this was the this was the story that somebody had decided to get mad at me for saying that my works were not up for adoption and got into a big thing with me in my comment section about, um, you know. And they started off the thing basically by saying, um, well, they said a bunch of stuff and and then said, as well written as your story was, your plot was nothing original and I've read it so many times. So that was sort of like how she started with me and then I got really pissy And then she got really mad at me for being pissy and said she hadn't been rude. And then I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You started off rude. So um, I guess I don't even approve those comments, but I really needed to get into it with that particular person, so we did. But it was just, it was that whole idea of that she was really offended that I had put on my all my short stories that they were not up for adoption. And she found that super, super offensive. That because I'm, I'm a person in fandom, that I must be implicitly okay with people continuing my work. And um, it really bothered her that that was on all of my stories, that they weren't up for adoption. It made her really mad. And she wanted to be sure that I knew that, A, not only was I original... Um, not only was I not original, but that um, I was a hypocrite. People love to tell me I'm a hypocrite, and that um, if I'm participating in fandom, I must implicitly be okay with somebody else adopting my work. I'm like, oh. I don't like, mind if someone takes my concept and writes their own thing. I don't um, my because those are not anything I can really, like, claim to. Concepts, tropes, um, even ideas aren't copyrightable. Care what you do with my ideas and my concepts. Um, so if there's something in my fic that you would like to explore, you're perfectly I – mean, that's perfectly okay for you to do. But what you can't do is take my fic, take out the parts you don't like, and start writing something else that you do. because that's kind of like plagiarism at least partially. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if there's, if there's if there's something a concept that you'd like to explore in my writing, go ahead. D- do your best, but I don't want to see my work um with your name on it where you've taken two or three chapters from one of my stories and then went off in a different direction with it because that's not the same thing as taking one of my concepts and and working on it. That's that's stealing my work and then adding your own ending. Yeah, which is rude. Very rude. <clears throat> and, I mean, and I can't stop anybody from going and writing a quote-unquote unauthorized sequel to one of my works. There's absolutely nothing I can do about that. No, I, don't, I can't again, either, like except bitch about it publicly and, and just talk a whole bunch of trash about you, which I will do. <laughs> yeah. So... My preference has always been. I don't mind. I actually think it's great if something I've written inspires somebody to go write something. I'm not so cool with it if what it inspired them to do is take my work and do something else with it. That's that's remixing, which we talked about. We're not okay with. But also, um, I, I just I somebody. Could, what if I wanted to continue my work myself? You've now you've now kind of like ruined that for me. So, yeah. And it's not actually, it's, and she tried to make it out that, you know, um, everybody in fandom um, has to be open to people adopting their work and that that's a common practice. I go, it actually is less common. It's actually not that common, the whole adoption thing. Um, because people implicitly will put their flick up for adoption. They'll implicitly state that this story is up for adoption because I don't want to finish it. It's mostly something that happens on fanfiction.net. It's part of a little bit part of the culture over there, but it happens infrequently enough that it is still it is still something that is implicitly stated. Pardon me, explicitly stated, not implicitly. It's explicitly stated that their sick is up for adoption, and to please contact them if you want to adopt it. And then they usually pick who is going to get to adopt their story. So it's not just a free for all of somebody coming in in fanfic, you know, in fandom culture. It's not just a free for all. Of people coming in, and and taking you know picking a story they want to keep working on and continuing on it, and that that's just the way fandom works. So um, at least that's never been my experience of fandom. No, I actually had someone um, ask me if they could have Pale Horse, and I was like, No, fuck you! How dare you? <laughs> I'll work on Pale Horse when I want to. That's mine. That's a slay. <laughs> I got so mad. <laughs> I have I have rarely been so furious in my life. I was like Do your own thing, you don't need mine. What? Well you know, actually I did have a brush of plagiarism this year, last year or this year, um, where someone took paragraphs, sometimes whole paragraphs, sometimes just sentences from my Harry Potter works, um, Breath of the Serpent King and um that old black magic. Um, lifted whole concepts out of my story um, and a whole bunch of other stories too it was like she took a whole bunch of stories tossed them into a blender and then put it up so there was like a sentence from this story and a sentence from this story and a paragraph here and a scene here and I was like are you fucking kidding me It took me what? Okay, it was October when it, when 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 one of my readers found it and reported it. I did have a very I think I have a very distinct style in fandom. So my reader was like, "Holy shit, that's that's Kira's work," and she sent it to me. And yes, that was my work. And um, I was like, I want to stab people. But, uh, but then it took A O. Um, uh, it 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 took A O. Three like five months to get it taken down. Oh, it took forever. And then they said that the only one that they could confirm was plagiarized was you. And you were plagiarized the most. But I thought the other instances of plagiarism were pretty apparent, too. Um, it was, I agree. It, it, it was very distinct language and words that you would not comment. There is what I would call sometimes plagiarism checkers will flag really common sentences. It's like there's probably 50 like, no. people who have written that sentence. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> there's, like <laughs> there's like 50, 50 people, people who probably yeah. written that, you know, um, and 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 so you got to kind of kind of put that aside. But when it's something that's very distinctly phrased, um, even if it is a single sentence, you're like, no, that's definitely plagiarized because the rhythm of that is very distinct. It's very different from everything else. Um, and with some of these authors, it would be a single sentence here, a single sentence there. And you could kind of feel how they were all very similar. But the, but AO3, in their wisdom, decided that, um, that these other authors weren't plagiarized. I think what they were saying is they weren't plagiarized enough or something. I don't know. Which is disgusting. But it really is. Kira was plagiarized the most. There's no doubt about it. But I found it really offensive that they dismissed those other authors' Claim to have been plagiarized. Apparently, I can only guess based on it being not enough material. Well, I will say, is that, yeah. I mean, my concepts are free for you guys to use. Just do whatever you want with it, but don't take my words and put them on your page. Not even one sentence of my words, because that's not cool. The whole point of fandom is to explore concepts in 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 our. In our, in our relationship with canon, with canon, not your relationship with my work. Would I love to see more stuff on magical marriages? That would be awesome. Would I, would I like to see more um, Harry Potter stories and ritual magic? Hell yes. There is not enough. Where is all the ritual magic, assholes? Get on it. I would not be even a tiny bit mad if there was a glut of Tony as a Shepherd stories. Not even a little bit. Go forth right, and make him a right. Shepherd. You can even name him Alex. I will be fine with it. Yay! We're all in it. But there is no point in you looking at a fan fiction writer and. We're all going back to the same canon. Why Why would anybody look at my work and say, I want to remix her work instead of remixing canon? But they held your 60s. Also, one of the things I would like to see is that I would really enjoy seeing more mothership. If the mothership could land in a lot of places, I would be happy. And if it can't that be mothership... Be awesome. It should be Tony and Ian Edg- Edgerton because I love that too. <laughs> I'm, but I have an, I like. I like mothership. And I like Tony Ian, but I have a real fondness for Tony squared. So, you know, yeah, I'm all You could call. That you could call. You could call him Dom. You can call him Alex Shepherd and get him banging. I actually have a really good plotline for Alex Shepherd and Tony Stark banging each other. So, you know, those three. Tony needs to be but Tony's with more people who appreciate him. That would be great, but especially the mothership. Child of Magic. I wrote Child of Magic because i was I was in a really frustrated place. And I needed to kind of clean my palette, which is why it ended up on EAD. Um, and I would love to go back and explore it and really open it up. And I think that after I finish my RT, that I'm going to pick up a Harry Potter story to work with um, until we move into um, um, the RT for the summer. So I'm, I don't know if it's going to be um, – I have a couple choices. Um, I – I. Um, and I would like to finish the Pendragon Legacy. And I'm really enamored with Child of Magic because it's um, it's beautiful and hopeful. And there's not a lot of dark elements in it after they go back in time. Because Sirius and, and and in, in, in a large extent, Sh- Snape are dedicated to making Harry's life beautiful. To make up for what happened in the previous timeline. And so... You know, and all those little boys running around like par- and as as Parcel Mouth makes me giggle. Just the idea of all of them in Hogwarts, and just Dumbledore don't even know what to do with it. It's just it's no, no, he's dead. He's dead in Child of Magic, because Peter killed him. Peter also killed Umbridge because that needed to be done. He did the world a service. Um, I, love, I love the idea, and I, I don't know who I'm going to bring in as their Parcel Mouth master. I'm torn between Armand Deering, who who has my heart. And um, um, Master Ito, Uh but Armand doesn't get enough um, page time for me anywhere I put him. So, and I'm really, um, I'm really pleased with him and his um, his brief interaction with Harry in my Raven and the Lion pick. And so, um, oh, I I got a I got a massive crush on Armand in. I'm I'm i, 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 think, I may, am I thinking of the right person in the Legacy? Wasn't that Armand that he, Harry wrote to to be his, um, yeah, yeah, and to be and regent br- if and, his and, father and, died? Yeah, and he brought him a snake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got an immediate crush. I was like, that's my man. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, not him. And Harry's like, well, if you don't want him oh, to be yes. in charge, you need to make sure my daddy is okay. That, and that was my favorite part, was people were like, no, not that guy. I'm like, I want to know what it is about that guy that makes everybody <laughs> freaked out about him. Because Aaron's this is, like, that this is how crazy. much worse that it will be for you if you guys kill my dad. <laughs> yeah, I, I did love I loved that whole bit about that. Where he was like, um, everybody's like, he can't be. He's like, then you better cover my dad's butt, otherwise he's going to be it. <laughs> Until I decide I'm ready to be king, which could be whenever I feel like it. <laughs> I, might, I might leave him in charge out of spite. I might mourn for a long, long time if you guys killed my daddy. But um, Quentin Deadmarsh is always Armand's nephew. When I created those two characters, they, um, they are uncle and nephew. It's not mentioned in Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond, but it's still true. Quentin is his um, nephew. Because um, When I use original characters, I give them, you know, uh, I do a full profile on them. And so I've always known that he was his, nep- his nephew. It just didn't come up in Soulmate Bond yet. It might. It wasn't an important detail because you don't meet Quentin really to the very end of the first season of, of, Harry, Bar- of Harry Potter and Soulmate Bond. Um, but I love Quentin, which is why I put him in... Um, Darkly Loyal, I was very tempted to actually put Zale in place in Darkly Loyal, but then I was like, you know what, Zale's a little too bright for Darkly Loyal, let's let's bring in somebody a little more ambiguous, who's going to sit back and watch them kill all these people and not give a fuck, <laughs> and so that's how Quentin um, ended up. Ended up at Hogwarts teaching Harry Parsel magic in 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 Darkly Loyal because I felt like he was the one who would um be like okay yeah Tell them the goblins but yeah yeah I I can't say for certain that they killed him but they're not fussed about it if they didn't. <laughs> Did she make that? Did she write more on that story again? Teddy Holder is the biggest fifties ever. She says I am, but care <laughs> is one of us. But no, it's her. I am not. I always deliver. Eventually. She did write more, oh. on my own schedule because a lady arrives exactly when she means to. Are you serious, Jasper? Because I sound like a twelve-year-old girl, version of Scarlett O'Hara, and Jillie doesn't. <laughs> Oh, Jasper, you're hurting me. We don't sound anything alike. I've actually I actually hate going back and listening to our podcast, but I do feel sometimes I have to. because um, you know, especially if we're um um especially if we're doing I, I, we're doing a, like a follow on to a prior podcast, like I'll go listen to the old one. But I don't think we sound at all alike. I have no problem telling when I'm talking and when she's talking. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I don't, you know, but me, my mother, my sister, and two of my cousins are, and we sound exactly the like on the phone. I mean, I could put my mom on this podcast, and the only reason that you would know it's her is that her sense of humor is different. Hmm, her I'm sense saying. of humor is different. <laughs> yeah. Your mom's kind of a troll, so I'm kind of... Yeah, she is kind of a troll. <laughs> she really is, yeah, so... Yeah, I'm trying to process that. I mean, you're less of a troll. You're more in your face a little bit, you know? I guess your mom's the subtle one. <laughs> subtle I don't know one. how yeah. subtle you call someone who who in once in the middle of Walmart calls somebody an ocean-going cunt. I had to Google that shit. Ocean-going, less. That sounds deeply will going, Which is basically a stinky cunt, by the way. It's fishy. Yeah, it does sound smelly. But yeah, my mom Senna called
1: Senna, Senna an thing is going cunt,
0: and I was like,
1: "Cock wow, juggling mom. thunder
0: cunt." Yeah, that's Cinna. Cenah's cock juggling thunder cunt. I actually, there's a there's a guy who does the adult coloring pages. You know, and he he takes requests. And um, I sent him in a request for cock juggling thunder cunt just for Cinna. <laughs> Mind you, I did color something for Cinna once. Let's see if I can find it. They didn't have cock juggling thunder cunt, but <laughs> beggars can be choosers. But, yeah, my mom did. So, yeah, my mom's actually a lot more blunt than than I am. Um, and her give a fuck is completely and totally broken. That's beautiful. And, and did um, I do a good job? Yeah, you did. Quite lovely. It's a very pretty thundercunt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did send that one to Lady Holder too. Not the not the colored one. She got the blank one, so she could color it in herself. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, the only reason you could tell us apart is that my mom's got a very um, blunt, trollish sense of humor. Um, my sister she probably has um, her she probably has her own bridge. My sister doesn't cuss much, if you can imagine it. Um, so, and she thinks "pussy" is the worst word you could possibly say in a million years. So, pussy really? What does she think about cunts? Uh, she don't, even, she don't even want to C word said in her presence. <laughs> it's the word that she not be
2: to use.
0: She's very yeah, delicate. Okay. Cunt so is Voldemort, whereas pussy's more like Dumbledore. Okay, I got it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, my, my my sister and my mother hate cunt. i will tell mean, you I hate it when story. I say that. Okay. It drives them crazy. My sister my sister baked a, a chicken and my mom was at her house and my sister asked my mom if she would make some cornbread dressing to go with the chicken, um, or she was going to make the chicken. So, um, she was putting the chicken in her um, convection oven. So my mom's supposed to be getting the ingredients out for um, the the dressing, the cornbread dressing. And so she gets the onion out and she's um she's got that all ready. And then she goes to get the celery, and it's it. My sister bought it too early, let's put it that way. So by the time the the chicken came along to be a meal, uh, the celery was not crisp. And my mom pulls this batch of celery out of the refrigerator and turns to my sister and says, I can't cook with this, it's like a limp dick. (laughs) My sister had to lay down. She was just like, I can't. I can't. She was, and All of her kids were like, Mom, we know what a limp D is. <laughs> so needless to say, my sister went to get um, some more celery um, that was not a limp dick for the dressing, and my mom got put in a timeout for saying limp dick in front of the children, the youngest of which is 10. For saying dick in front of a 10-year-old? Limp dick. Mm. Limp dick. Right.
1: I'm pretty sure I am saying much worse
0: things. That a limp dick but, is useless. Yeah. And it's actually something and the elliptic only has one purpose and that's not something that I need to be involved in. I when I was writing the my my last chapter, I had to go over to YouTube to figure out how penguins sounded. So that I could write whatever sound he made. I'd <sighs> <I don't> rather <laughs> write that, that I, sound. I, I just had am like, just gonna go nude it. It's new. He's nuding. <laughs> <I'm laughs> <neuting. laughs> oh, you know what that is? <laughs> I. The last time I, I we do get into weird research spirals because I did that with. Um, vicious. I was wondering what a cheetah cub sounds like, right? Not a a cheetah, an ocelot cub sounds like. And I was like, oh my god, that is not exactly melodious, is it? Ew. I mean, they sound like they're being strangled. It's really, really unpleasant on the ear. Um, And I didn't know how to describe that either. I was like, strangle yell? Whoa! (laughs) Whoa! What what is that? that... What the fuck is that thing? (laughs) Remember, you guys, Julie has a bug phobia. Get it out of the chat. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, it's gone. Okay, <laughs> cockroach <of> war. <laughs> does That's a, like one, cockroach. That is a one cockroach war right there. He <laughs> doesn't need anybody help. At least if it wasn't an ant. I probably would have sprung up off the bed, and you guys would not have like heard from me for the rest of the night because um, I'd have been attached to the ceiling. I walked out. They thought that I was, like, deeply entrenched and whatever. Because I've been kind of hanging I've been trying to get some alone time to write lately. Not alone time, but just alone time to write. Um, and uh, also, I- I've been hanging out in my bedroom, right? So I go out to the main part of the house, and they were watching Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I just did a 180 and came right back to my room. <laughs> like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I don't even know if there are <laughs> an angry grasshopper. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's like an angry grasshopper on steroids. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going. I'm going with what Az called the it: cockroach of It's the cockroach of war. It's the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, just just like that, Jeep. That was exactly me. It was like, whoa, no. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that was? the a grasshopper? Oh. It is a. Okay, the weta is a common name for a group of about 70 insect species in the blah, blah, blah. It, in New Zealand. They are giant flightless crickets. Holy crap. They're some of the among, amongst the largest insects in the world. Julie actually has an ant phobia.
1: <laughs> I think it's, maybe it's we pretty- all have a phobia if
0: that, if that thing was in our yard. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I have an issue with kind of <laughs> it's a crazy thing. You guys I I fell in a fire ant mound when I was eight and I nearly died. I had hundreds of bites. Um oh, so gosh. I have a thing about bugs crawling on me and ants are by far the worst. I can have actual hysterics if an ant gets on me. But it's it's it is a deeply entrenched phobia, so um I, I don't deal well with bugs being on me <laughs> at all. The, I I will never forget the feeling of being swarmed, so Yeah, that's where that comes from. Let's all treat our American crickets nicely so that they don't bring in their New Zealand cousins to fight us, because I think we would lose. (laughs) Yeah, crickets are one of those ones that, um, yeah... (laughs) Says, a phobia is an irrational fear. That's a perfectly reasonable fear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it is, it's, it's interesting something really horrible that happened because these fire ant mounds in that part of Texas that I lived in, they get like shoulder height sometimes. For a kid, they were shoulder height for me. And I tripped and felt like face first into it. Um, it was, yeah, it was it was a full body thing. I got hosed off and taken to the hospital. It was, it was, it was a hot mess. We'll call it that. Wow. But, so I have I'm, I'm my, my whole back is itching well, Let's change the subject just, oh. No more bugs yeah. well, I have never had a cricket, but, problem with crickets But I would have a problem with that cricket I'm <laughs> just saying I hate crickets They make too much noise They drive me insane You know I've got one of those kind of Repetitive noise Like when my mom had her knee surgery I was with her and she had one of those pumps that that uh, she had these things on her legs that were keeping her circulation going, and it would pump air into it every few minutes, and you know to keep her legs stimulated. By day two, I wanted to throw that thing through the security window glass. Me or. It or the machine, me, me or the machine, one of us had to go because it was driving me nuts. And I couldn't turn it off because obviously it keeps my mama alive. She didn't want to get a, uh, it prevents, um. Blood mm-hmm. yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't turn it off and I couldn't go anywhere because I would no more be, I couldn't even go to the bathroom. I, Where are you? I'm in the bathroom, mama. <laughs> I'll be right back out. I wanted to, oh, that. That shit, that noise, oh, God. It was terrible. Mm. That's I the honestly would have preferred to get up and give her a leg massage every 30 minutes than to put up with that noise the way I did. It was just, it, it really crazy. ticked my OCD. Yeah, it, it did. It, it really messed with me. Lady Holder wins meme of the day. Yeah, I do. I agree. Thank you, Reaper. I appreciate you keeping Aussie's ants to yourself. Um, Did I tell you how Australia sent me a a, a death threat? A, a death, death threat? threat? Yes, Australia. Australia, I'm looking at you. I'm I'm watching you. The whole because I, the whole country, I blame the whole country. Okay, so listen, this is what happened. So I, my mama wanted this movie, this Elvis movie that was not available in the United States. Um, it was one of the first movies he ever made, and it had his mama in it. And he didn't want it widely distributed after she died because he um, he was very he was very grieving about the whole thing. Anyway. um... And um, the movie's really hard to find, but there is an Elvis store in Australia that was selling the movie on DVD, and it didn't have a region on it. It was no region DVD, so it would work at my mom's. And I'm like, is it a bootleg? And I was like, I don't care if it's a bootleg. And so I buy it from my mama because it's a Mother's Day present, right? Um, and it takes forever and a day to get here because Australia. Um, And I I, I get the box and I'm really excited because I'm going to test it out to make sure it actually works. Since it said it was no region just to make sure it was our region because then I don't want to be Elvis teasing my mom if she can't actually watch the movie when I give it to her. And so um, I'm opening up the box and a black widow popped out of it. Oh, joy. I screamed... Through the box, corn the little, little popcorn went everywhere. I have no idea where the, the, the damn spider went. I don't actually have a phobia spider for spiders, but a black widow is something. <laughs> That's a different animal right there or a different spider. Um, but then I had to find the motherfucker and kill it because my husband does have a spider phobia. And I was like, I am like putting on shoes and gloves and I'm looking for this thing. And I finally find it and kill it. But Australia sent me a black widow. Or Not nice. The black widow crawls crawls into the box when it was in transit somewhere after it landed in Georgia. I don't know. I don't know if there's actually even black widows in Australia, or if it was like a different kind of spider that looked like a black widow that from Australia. I don't know. All I do know, <laughs> I just burn the house down. You can have the house. <laughs> We're moving. We, we can't take anything either because the damn fire might crawl into it. But, yeah, I mean, I was like, so. I gave my mom the movie. I told her that I risked life and limb to to, to, to get her this movie, and she better really in, fucking enjoy it. I have been bitten by a black widow. I was bitten on the wrist. Actually, painful, That's right? Just, it, it, the bite was very painful, but I also had a really bad reaction to the bite. Um, of course crawl you did. <laughs> of course I did. Of course I did. Um and then the, one of the medications they gave me for like the the, the neurological, because I had a lot of nerve pain or that headaches and vomiting. Um, and then I had, um, I, I want to say I was taking Lexapro at the time. I don't remember. Well, some of the medication they gave me interacted badly with my other medications and they, I went up with serotonin syndrome and I nearly died. So, you know, it wasn't the black widow bite that nearly did me. And it was the serotonin syndrome as a result. So it was just, <laughs> I picked up a wolf spider by accident once. I didn't have my glasses on, and I I, I cleaned my hairbrush earlier in the evening. And I saw the, and I thought I must have dropped the hair from my hairbrush on the carpet, the, the bathroom carpet instead of putting it in the trash can. But so I thought I'd, and then I went to pick it up, but it was um, it was a wolf spider, dude. <laughs> I threw it in the toilet and screamed, and then flushed the toilet <laughs> because no, <laughs> we have none of that. Well, we—I think did I don't think did I tell you how I recently ruined my sister's dustbuster? Were you trying to not? I know this has happened recently so I had there was a thing I don't didn't remember if I mentioned you in chat I haven't talked about it in the podcast so I don't think I didn't know if I mentioned you in chat or not but what happened was that in the past one time I this spider scared the crap out of me it dropped around right in front of my face I actually named it arachnum um because it <laughs> a it scared me very badly and I vacuumed it up with a dustbuster because that's but it wouldn't die. It was this really big spider, and it wouldn't die. And it kept trying to climb out of this little Death Buster we had. And it was freaking me out. So I pallet wrapped the Death Buster to make sure it couldn't get out until it died, which was probably cruel, but I was freaked out by that point because I'd, like, fallen out of my chair. It was a terrible thing. And then I was convinced it was going to eat its way out of the plastic wrap, so I put it out on the porch for, like, a week. Okay, so my sister comes over, and she says, like, why is there a pallet wrapped? Dustbuster on the patio. I'm like, there's a spider in it. I'm not sure if it's dead yet. <laughs> she's like, how long has it been out there? I'm like, I don't know, a week or something. <laughs> this thing was like hermetically sealed, okay? So this was stage one, so she knows how I am about spiders, especially if it happens, they startle me. Well, I get up in the middle of the night, about a week ago or so, and she's got a completely different kind of, like, we got a completely different kind of dustbuster. She's got those little Dyson handbags. And, um, I wake up, and it's right above my head on the ceiling and I was like I'm exhausted. it was you know it was three or four o'clock in the morning, and the last thing I want to be dealing with right now is 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 a spider, so I go get the vac and i I vacuum it up, you know the little hand vac, and vacuum it up and um I was like I was like, I'm so tired it's gonna crawl, crawl right out of there.' Um, and so what I did was I was fumbling around, because we keep the hand back above the washer. And when I was fumbling around trying to find some way to keep the spider from crawling out, so what I finally did was I took one of our Swiffer dusters and shoved it in the end of the hand vac. Well, unbeknownst, I, well, I did not realize that one of the things I had done was knock the power cord of the, the Dyson hand vac into the washer. And the next morning... Like somebody comes up and throws their towels in the washer, and they don't notice that the cord for the hand vac is in there. Although everybody wanted to know why the hand vac was on the dryer with the Swiffer shoved in the end. <laughs> so then my sister does the laundry, the first load of laundry, which includes mostly towels, and she <laughs> all of a sudden I hear she goes, Why did we wash the power cord for the Dyson? <laughs> I was like, Did we? <laughs> Like oh, well, no. Um My Bad. <laughs> I'll have to buy her a new power cord for the Dyson. Oops. Well, at but at least it wasn't the whole it Dyson. Just, yeah, I didn't put the Dyson whole thing in the in there. there. No. <laughs> but she did she did say she got up and she walked she, when she first walked by she, she opened up the thing and she saw that Dyson sitting there with the Swiffer shaft in the end. She's like, I don't even want to know what was going on last night. <laughs> Like, yeah, At least he didn't throw it out on the porch. At least it wasn't out on the porch. Especially since <laughs> I don't have a private porch anymore. I share one with the Mormon missionaries next door. I don't think they'd have taken it. No, they probably have said something perverted about it and called the landlord. I don't know what they, girls are they, doing next door. <laughs> I don't know why they keep putting vacuum cleaners out on the porch. So what I was, about the communities and our and um, all the things that we do, I think that communication is key. Um, uh, my e my ead posts are on DreamWit. Um, I'll get you a link. But um, I got the link already. I actually had it open. Weirdly enough. Okay, cool. Um, you have to be a community member to read, so you have to sign up for DreamWit. If it join our community and then you can read EADs from me and Jilly because we share that evil day evil author day um space. But uh I think that communication is the key and um um being nice and um uh just being careful about the advice you give and um don't be flippant. Um I actually think I've been really jazzed by how helpful everybody is. People have been very helpful to me. Um, very.
1: And the um, mods
0: running the Sprint channel are just amazing, you guys. I mean, they're all like, okay, can someone do this for a couple of hours for me, and then I'll come back. And they're just all in it. They're just, you know, just running those sprints like a crazy person. And so I'm just really proud of you guys for that. And I don't mean to sound patronizing. I'm serious. I, I was over there today. I, I, I wanted to pet you all like puppies. <laughs> You're so charming. You're so charming. What's with the poo? Um, sometimes, if Discord can't load the image that it wants to give you, it puts a poo emoji up. I I, I get well, it all that's the time. rude. And I'm like, why do I get the poo emoji all the time? And then I realized it was because sometimes if it can't load the emoji, that their default whoops, image is the poo emoji. And I'm like, that is ugly, Discord. <laughs> I'm not sure if we can change it on the channel or not. Well, decor, you know, it says frequently, when I first signed up for Discord, it says they frequently used emojis, the first frequently used emoji mm-hmm. list. And it started to change. As I started putting in emojis, it started to adapt to what I actually use but it had the poo emoji and the eggplant emoji in in my frequently used list and I was like I have never in my life actually until recently used the poo emoji and I have never used <laughs> the eggplant emoji ever I'll, what are you so, supposed to do I, with the eggplant emoji? I just used them but I don't know why, what they're for well I think the eggplant is supposed to be a dick it's supposed to be in place of oh. a dick so Oh, okay. Um, then I'll be using that a lot more often. And I had no idea. She's 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 gonna be all up up in the eggplant. Yeah, it's, it's the dick emoji. So, it it's because we can't get a real dick, we have the eggplant. It's not really a substitute, but would it be better? The internet better does what it cucumber? can. I'm I'm just saying. It it would. Why isn't there a cucumber emoji? There is a there's cucumber a pepper. Emoji. That is a cucumber. See, that's better. That's definitely more dickish. Although What's I did remember when I was very young, come across a dick that looked like this. Hold on, let me find it. Oh no, I'm about to be I'm about to be weirded out. I can tell. I didn't touch it. <laughs> oh, ladies, if you ever encounter a man with a bent penis, um, that is... It is, um, sometimes it's because of injury, because you can, in fact, break the penis. But also, there are several STDs that will cause the penis to curve and um, be crooked. So if you come across a crooked penis, just just walk away. Now, we're not talking about Number a natural one, little curve, but if it looks like it's at an odd angle, so sometimes a natural little curve, especially a curve up, can be quite nice. Quite, so it could be quite you nice, know, but that's not what I mean. I don't mean a curve, I mean an actual crook.
1: And if, if he, he has broken,
0: If he has it, had that means he has no it, idea what he's fucking doing, you don't need to go there. And if he has broken it, it's STD. If he has, has a penile fracture, he deserves lots of sympathy, but no pussy. So, like. <laughs> <laughs> right. He is on probation. He needs to work on his skills. <laughs> He's on penile probation. Although the most common position to um, get penile fracture in is the cowgirl position, uh, woman on top. So ladies, be a little gentle with your gentleman if you're writing him. Um, it should be done with care. You both need to know what you're doing if you're going to be bouncing around on top of somebody. Oh look! Everybody is finding all of the phallic shaped emojis. I'm so proud of you guys. It's like we're a cock worshiping cult, or something, <laughs> or something. If it's like this, walk away. <laughs> Jeep, yeah, that that's the one. You don't you don't want to go near that. Nice, or Jeep. what Julie posted? Yeah, that's that's just that's just not good this. Oh, it's French bread. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> I was like, what is she talking about, French bread? Oh yeah, that is French bread. But in, in the little gift section the little area where you look at it, it it it, it looks suspiciously like an actual penis. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? It does look like a lot like a penis. Here we go. There we go. Deeply unfortunate. Oh yeah, Kira and I had the same thought about deeply unfortunate. <laughs> see a gift that Ellie posted. <laughs> yeah, it's actually terrible. My sister was had did that to her cat while I was there because she thought it was funny, and I took the cat away from her, and um, I was like, "You just don't do not it. Why are you psychologically torturing your cat? I mean, what, why is, not is that funny? cat so freaked out by a cucumber? I don't know, but they are. I mean, it's not just that like one cat. Oh, it's a universal thing? Yeah, it's like, <clears throat> maybe it could be like visual acuity and they might think it's a snake.
2: Mm.
0: Huh. I would well, never know. like is snakes too, yeah. So yeah, and so don't don't torture your cat with a cucumber. It's not cute. Why? I have no idea what that is. Oh, it's an Easter Island head. I. It's not very phallic. Did you guys ever watch Grease? Because when I was little, I had no idea what that hot dog and bun, commercial thing. Was at the movie theater was about. And then I watched it as an adult and I thought, oh, oh you pervert. Of course, Grace is a horrible actor for a lot of reasons. A Good lot Lord. of words. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went to the exact yeah, same place. Yes, Grace is. Um, Greece is actually quite rapey, and I didn't realize that as a kid. And I, I, but I listened to the soundtrack a couple of years ago, and I was mortified. I was like, "What? <laughs> I ruined my own childhood." <laughs> it is it is it is shocking when you watch grief. It's kinda of like, Wow, I never picked up on any of that when I was a kid, and I imagine they didn't want you to pick up on any of that when you were a kid. That's to talk to you I guys know. about what I, you think is phallic. I have not watched Saturday Night Fever in a very long time, and now I have no desire whatsoever to watch it uh. Thank you, Jasper. I mean that. Sincerely, I'm, I'm not being sarcastic. Thank you for that heads up because I would have not expected to see that because I don't remember that from the original movie when I watched it. And if I saw it on TV, I might watch it because I had fond memories of it. So, yeah. the Lipstick is more like the micro penis, Right in red, that is not healthy. That's the kind you walk away from. Yeah. Yeah. On that subject, we don't have a link channel on um, Crossroads or on Just Right. We don't have a link drop-off for stories or anything. But if you share links outside of the – even in the podcast, if you share links to fix, do your duty as a good fandom citizen and put any warnings that need to be on there on there. So, you need to warn for character death. You need to warn for child abuse. You need to warn for physical violence, excessive violence, um, murder, rape, dubious consent, non consent, ever how you want to say it. Uh, and honestly, incest? Incest, yes. And if you post pedophilia on my group, on my server, I'm going to ban you. So, you don't need to warn for that. Because if you do it, I'm going to ban you. Forever. <clears throat> but we don't have a link because we don't want to um, police that. Be good citizens. That, that's all I ask of you. Um, yeah, suicide will be another one that you should warn for. Um, um, there are places on... Um, the Rough Trade Workshop, where you can advertise your works, but they do have it explained about how you need to give, what you need to do to link your work. Um, So, but honestly, folks, also, if you see a link on any of the servers that people haven't given warnings for, you know, take care of yourself. If there's no warnings, when you click on that link, don't read the fix, you know. Take care of you. If you get to... Yeah, take care of yourself. If you get to the destination and the author hasn't been willing to give warnings, walk away. You know what? I think I think Twilight might win that um, dick gift because it even it even has a ball. I mean, not two balls, but it has one ball, <laughs> and it implies blood flow. <laughs> not like you know a non-functional dick. Very nicely done. <laughs> You win the bill. You <laughs> say good night, <Jilly. laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> Congratulations, Twilight. <laughs>